Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at The New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. Today, a New York City taxi driver took his own life. His family blames Uber. It's the fourth such suicide in five months. It's Wednesday, May 2nd. Do you know which corner? Ah, uh, there he is. Okay. Oh, uh, hold on, hold on, don't die. Okay, let's go. Hey. Well, I have to move a little bit ahead because they already told me to move because it's a hotel. Okay, let's get in. Okay. <laughs> Do you mind if I get the back? Okay. Nikolai Hent has been a New York City taxi driver for the past 30 years. Nikolai. Yes. Thank you for, thank you for letting us <laughs> into your cab. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> So I'm I'm Michael Barbaro. I'm the, okay. the host of the Daily. And okay, so you want me to move or you want me yeah, to stay? Yeah, I thought we might go where you and drivers that you know would go around this time of day. Or are they all in their car? Is there a place I, that you... at this time of the day? Most of them will be in their car. Okay, because it's three o'clock, and uh, you know, in my case, everything I have to eat is here in this lunch box. Really? It's you... my breakfast, my lunch, my <laughs> dinner. <laughs> is that corn on the cob? <laughs> this is a sandwich my wife makes for me every every day. This is a corn. This is uh, some mellow and uh, cantaloupe. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, green tea, a water, a banana, strawberry, grapes, and two apples. <laughs> that is a beautiful <laughs> lunch slash dinner slash everything. <laughs> slash everything. <laughs> what kind of sandwich is it? It's uh, some kind of salami. And, Does uh, she prepare that for you every day? Every morning. Every morning? Yeah. That's, that's she wakes, wakes up around uh, 8 a.m. or 8.30, uh-huh. and, you know, by 10.30, I have to be done to go to work. Wow. Six days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, today I log on at, uh, I think it was 1.31, and uh, I'll be at home probably, if things go as well, midnight. It's a long day. Can I ask you, how did you start driving a taxi? What's the story? In 1988, I moved from Dallas, Texas into uh, New York City. I look around and uh, I rent an apartment in Ridgewood, uh, 587 Ondendorf Avenue. In, in Queens? In Queens. So how did it start? What were the first couple of days like okay. behind the wheel of a taxi? First day when I started uh, driving, I, I rent, you know, a Dutch diplomat. And I remember first day was a Saturday when I started. Mm-hmm. I picked up the car and first day I had an accident. Uh, with You had an accident on your first yeah. day? What happened? 
what happened? You know, it was a, <laughs> it was a very old, bad start. It was an old and junk junk car, you know. Uh -huh. So I hit a puddle on the Third Avenue, and then the brakes didn't work. Uh -huh. So I, I scratched another car, you know. And, uh, so hey, welcome, I'm not to, welcome to New York City. I'm not surprised uh, because everywhere where I start in my life, I start bad, but I end up good. <laughs> 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 everywhere, <laughs> honestly. So that was first day. It sounds like you're describing renting a car. Correct. How do you make a decision to try to to own a car and to okay. get involved in the, okay. the medallion I'll, system? I'll, I'll, I'll let you know and I remember it exactly. And by the way, for people who don't understand, what is the medallion system? That's the number we see on the, on the hood. So it's, the, a, it's, a, it's like a, yeah, it looks like a police shield. This number. This, yeah, yeah, exactly. This number, 75-1. What happens if you don't have that medallion? Um, the, the police will arrest you. That medallion is your right... To, to hail a New York City. To own a, a taxi yeah. or rent a yeah. taxi, but yes. without that, you're not a taxi. No. Okay. And you own that? Yes. Yes. And when I brought that, they specific that you are a medallion owner, you have the exclusive rights to hail a New York City. And that says on the paper. How much did the medallion cost when you when you bought it? And what, what year was it? I this? remember that was in 1990. Everything's cost 125 the price of medallion. 125 Thousand dollars price of medallion over six thousand and sale tax for the New York City broker fee, and then I had to install the meter and everything. That was probably about a thousand dollars, and uh, everything cost me like up to a hundred fifty thousand with the car. So for a hundred fifty thousand dollars, you own a medallion and you own your own car, and basically yeah. you own your own business. Yes, you you are on your own business. You know, hard worker. You know, young immigrant. Whatever you want to say, I was like thirty something years old. Mm -hmm. And, you know, had a lot of power to work. And Does, that's what I did. So before we talk, I'm going to let you get through this intersection. Hold on, because it's a little hairy. Okay. Um, before we talk about what happened to him, would you tell me a little bit about your friend, Nicanor? And first of all, am I pronouncing his name correctly? Uh, Nicanor Okishor. Nicanor. Yeah, Nicanor Okishor. We call him nickname Norel. Norel? Norel, yeah, because easy, you know. I met him first time in uh, LaGuardia Airport at the American Airlines taxi stand. What, what year was it? Uh, it was in 1988. I think it was a late spring or early summer. It was in the afternoon around 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. He was talking with me. I, I heard his accent. I said, uh, are you from Romania? And he said, yeah. And I said, I am Romanian too. Mm -hmm. And then we were talking over there like for probably 15, 20 minutes, you know, and he told me he has a six years or five years old boy. And I told him, uh, I have a daughter, which is five years. And ah. so then after that, every time when, when we see in the airport, we went to each other and start talking, you know, about our life, you know. And he told me the story in the beginning when he started driving, how bad it was, you know, because he didn't speak English. Mm. <laughs> so you guys seem to, to really understand each other and like each other. Yeah. Every problems I had, I always ask him and he asked me, for example, we had the same family doctors in Queens. We were very, very good friends, not only with him, but with his wife, too. So sometime in the week and the Sunday, I find out, you know, we can go to buy grapes from a Brooklyn market. You know, there is a Brooklyn market where the grapes come from California. Mm -hmm. And we went over there, buy grapes, and then we make wine. Was it good? It is very good. <laughs> After that, you know, we become much better friends. You know, then he brought the medallion one year before me, then I brought after after him. Nicanor owns a medallion. You own a medallion. Yes. It sounds like things are going 
pretty pretty well for both of you. Correct, correct. Hard workers, but you 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 survive. You make a living. So so let me just let me just ask you this: When was the first time that you can recall seeing a, an Uber or a Lyft on the streets of New York? Uh, I think it was in two thousand. End of 2013 or end of 2014. So 2000, 2014. Because I had a friend of mine who used to drive a taxi. And I remember somebody blipped the horn in the back of me on Allen Street and Stanton. So on, Allen side, and yeah. Rivington. Usually I do like this, you know, what the hell do you want, you know? <laughs> then he came next to me. I look and I saw him. I said, you are lucky I didn't curse you. <laughs> so you, you knew him? <laughs> I knew him. And I said, well, I didn't see you in the, for three, four years. What are you doing? He said, I drive a Uber. I said, what Uber? I work with Uber. He says, hmm. how's things going? You know, he said, yeah, I make better money than, than the yellow. So that you, was you, the beginning. So you're seeing a friend pull up alongside you in your taxi yeah. in yeah. an and Uber saying, I drive an Uber now. Lincoln uh, MKT. I said, how this work? You know, and then, then in the 2014, you know, more people are talking about Uber, more people mm-hmm. went to Uber. And I said, now this is a problem. Because I see them on the on the roads, you know, every block I see how many, uh, you know, uh, black cars, you know, TC cars, you know, a TC place number and how many yellow. Cars like that, you see TC? Yep. The, T, the T on the yellow license plate? Yeah. That's, that means that's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a taxi, a, but not like your taxi. No, it's, a, you know, with $270, they can have that car on the road. You understand? Which is not very much money. There's nothing. So that's why they'll, they'll, there's so many cars and... I'm just noticing that they, look at how many of them are in a row now. Yeah, one, two, three. This is a three. This is yeah, you see? Well, you know, used to be like seven taxi on the road, and now it's ten uh, Uber. I mean, app car, you know, that's... Yeah. I think there's another one behind it. Yeah. It's very bad. So let me understand. It, what would you take home at the end of the year in 2013 or so, and then what do you take home at the end of the year okay. now? My, my net income, you're not going to believe it, but it's less than 32,000. It's less than 32,000 now? Yes. What was it before Uber, Lyft, all these other guys? It was more than 40,000. And, and what happened to the medallion that you bought for $150,000 okay. back in the 80s? What's, what's happened to that and to its value? But it, the, the highest value was, you know, in 2012 when uh, the TLC sold at auction minimum $850,000. So something that you bought for $150,000 or maybe even a little bit less, $130,000 in the late 1980s is now worth $800,000 or more, which is a nice appreciation. In 2013. Yep. Correct. And they they sold as high as 1.2 million. 1.2 1.2 million as was the value 1. of the medallion. But the, 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 the bidding, you know, for the for the uh, starting the price was from 850 up. That seems like a dream. Yeah. So if you want to buy a medallion right now today, yeah. what's what's roughly the price? You can buy with 150, 160. Wow. Back to what it was in the 1980s. Exactly. So that's a pretty awful round trip journey exactly, for you. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And why is that? Why is that? Why is is that? that? Because you allow these cars in the street. The free. Ubers. So why, why should anybody be so stupid to buy now a medallion? Mm. Because it's no restriction for those cars. They can put as, ma- as many as they want it. And we have all the rules and the restriction. So you're saying the reason why a medallion is worth less is because there's more competition from these app cars, from Uber, from Lyft. And also your work is more regulated than okay. theirs. And so okay. this it, is making it less desirable for what, people to own a medallion. I, I wanted to be clear here. When you use the word competition, you have to be careful because there is no competition when I have to pay 160000 for medallion or 270000 
Right. For license. So you're saying you the competition is not the right That's word for competition. that. That's not competition. Competition sounds good for Uber, mm. but it's it's a you know fake news like uh, the way Trump says. <laughs> you say so. You're saying it's 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 un it's it's such an unfair competition. Exactly. It's not really called competition. Uh, I want competition, but I want to be equal. Got it. So if they wanna they wanna have a free license, I should have a free license. And how did these changes that you're describing and the erosion of the medallion's value? How did this affect your your best friend, Nicanor? Well, he always was telling me, you know, I meet him, you know, at least four times or five times a week in JFK. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me all the time, Nick, I cannot make the same money. Every day I make less money than before. And, and, you know, and I, how- I, was tell, I was telling him, things are going to change. You know, I'm going to be like that. Something has to happen, you know, sooner or later, you know. But th- this will take time, you know. But, you know... I think he was more depressed than me because he said, you know, I'm, I'm about to retire now and look what I got after 20 plus years working, uh, driving a taxi. Help, help me understand leave. that. What, what, is a medalli- what is a lower valued medallion? How does it change your retirement? Because both of you are in your 60s. So I imagine you and he are both thinking about what your, the rest of your life is going to look like when you're not behind the wheel of this taxi. And so how would a medallion's value falling okay. change his, his retirement? Uh, I use my case now. Mm-hmm. I'm 62. So in the beginning, we think, well, if I buy a medallion, I pay so much interest to the bank, you don't pay too much into social security and into the federal tax. But I will have my medallion as a retirement. Your medallion is your retirement? Yes. If it's worth a lot? I didn't, never thought to sell it. I thought to give it to the broker to have, uh, you know, a $3,000 a month, you know, income. Just so I understand, your plan, and maybe this was his plan too. Exactly, exactly. Nicanor was to let somebody else lease your medallion the way you leased medallions when you were getting started. Exactly. And basically, they're paying you rent. Exactly. And exactly. that's how you're going to retire. Exactly. That's how, how we, we thought. And so what happens w- the, when the medallion this, falls? This, what does that do to that plan? But now if you give the medallion to the broker, the broker will going to give you probably 800 or not 1,000. Three, not 3,000 a month. No, no, no. 800 no, no, a month. No, 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 because they, now they don't have drivers. Because no one wants to drive now because of what's going on with... Why, why should anybody pick up a yellow taxi to drive when it's all full of regulation? And when we go in the airport, we have to go in the waiting area, in the, you know, in the line, and then we go one by one to the right. terminal. Right. When Uber goes over there, everywhere it's black cars, going, people looking with a phone in the hand like this, yep. looking for that, what is, the, what is the, the, the TC, what is the... So you cannot get in and you cannot get out. When, when you talked to Nicanor, what was most upsetting to him? He was always kind of quiet, man, didn't speak too much, you mm-hmm. know, and he speak only what he has to say, you know. Some, you know I am different. I'm, I'm a big mouth, you know, and, you know. <laughs> but two days before, I saw his voice different. He was talking was so slow, just like, you know, he didn't want to have a life uh, anymore. And I had another friend of mine, which uh, Eugene, which... He told me about him, you know, a day before uh, he, he, he saw Norel and uh, didn't, didn't like the way he talked and the way he looks. And another one, uh, is, uh, his name is Solomon Weiss. He's, so they, these friends uh, were worried about what they were seeing. Solomon met him the day before, Thursday, Thursday evening, on the way home after the Queensboro Bridge on the um, Thompson Street. Solomon saw him and they pulled over on the Torrey Street and 48th Avenue. 
and they talk with each other. And Salomon said, you know, I didn't like the way he looks and I didn't like the way the way he talk. And, uh, you know, he... Because he seemed down? He, he seemed very, very down. So that was Thursday evening and Friday morning around 10 a.m. He, he, he hanged him, himself. He hanged himself? In the garage, in the, the building of the garage. At home, in, the, in his garage, because he has a garage separate of the house. That's terrible. Then when his son came home, his wife came home, and then his son uh, looked for him and opened the, the garage door. And so, you know, then he called the police and called my friend, Eugene. And Eugene went to, to the house. And another friend of mine, Dan, called me and said, what happened with Norel? I said, no, I don't know, because two days ago I, I spoke with him. And where were you when you got that call? I was in LaGuardia uh, Airport. In, in the taxi? In the taxi, you know, waiting in the waiting lot. So then I called my, uh, my friend Eugene. He said, I cannot talk, but I'll text you. So then like, I got a text. If I look back, I, I can find the text. Mm. Uh, and he said, uh, he, uh, poor Norel, he hanged himself. Everybody said, "What? why, why? And you know, uh, doing the, the research, we, we thought it's only the medallion. I, I just want to understand what you're saying because it's a very, it's a very significant and very and very awful suggestion that the value of his medallion had fallen so much, yeah. and that his yeah. finances had changed and deteriorated yes. so rapidly. Yes, that you believe that is why that that's the he only the only reason. Uh, why, why he did. That's, that's how I think. I, I was skeptical in the beginning, but I see no signs to be, to be something else. Nikolai, what did Nikonor's family yeah. say about his death? Why do they think he killed himself? That's, that I, just, I told you, and I say again, that's what they believe that's the, the reason. Medallion. From what I can tell from doing some reading before we met up with you, mm-hmm. this is the fourth taxi driver I in know New York the, I City. I know the, 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 the guy, the Doug, uh, Doug Schaefer, I know him. So four of your colleagues have committed suicide. Yeah. And in each case, people around them are asking if the reason they killed themselves was because of the changes in this industry that made them feel that they were losing their identity, that they were losing their money, that, that their life would not be what they hoped it would be because of these changes. And, and if you I look, wonder if that's... If, if you look at the age... Doug Schaeferov was, was about my age. Nikanor Kishore about my age. At this age, you cannot take losses like you could, could do it at, at the age. So I cannot speak for them, but I can say this. You know, not everybody can take the losses. You know, remember the, during the Depression, how many people killed themselves? Right. So is this partly, though, about the inevitable changes in an industry. People's habits change. People's lifestyles change. You've just parked this car in front of the New York Times. Yeah. You know that our industry changed. Yeah. There used to be people getting newspapers every day. They don't yeah. get newspapers every day. Yeah. They don't, they don't want them in their life. Yeah, but they, they can go on the app. They can. It changed. And, and, and you but see? Is, is your industry the, something the, that just is becoming obsolete and inevitably there's going to be something that comes and it challenges it and it's a hard, it must be a hard thing to hear. It's a hard thing to say because you're a wonderful person and you've built a wonderful business. But is this just the inevitable way of the world and business? Okay, I, I put it in this way. If the city of New York likes more Uber and Lyft or app cars, okay, come to the table, make a deal with the medallion, yellow taxi medallion owners, 
and arrange them a settlement. Mm -hmm. Don't turn your back at me after you, you sold me the exclusive rights. I still own the exclusive rights. Mm -hmm. I want that back. You're, you're arguing the city, the regulators have betrayed you because you bought what yeah. you believe was an exclusive right to pick up exactly. passengers and they actually let everybody else have that same right without paying what you exactly. paid. Okay. And okay. so the contract let, has been broken. Let me say something else. Did you watch, uh, did, did you watch the Super Bowl this year? Uh, half of it. Okay. What channel broadcast the Super Bowl? One of the major networks. Uh, channel 5. Mm -hmm. Why Channel 2 didn't, didn't broadcast? Because well, they didn't pay for the rights to it. Ah, so I pay for the rights to, to hell. Mm -hmm. So why my rights are broke? It'd be like if we stole the, the why? game on television. Why? Just because Uber is uh, Silicon Valley, uh, you know, bullshit. They stick you. So you're saying this is not about disruption and innovation to you? It's about my exclusive rights. Once you sold me the exclusive rights, you have the right to buy that back, but not for peanuts. What are cab drivers like you and the cab drivers that you talk to when you guys have some time to talk at JFK or at a restaurant? What are you saying to each other about what happened to, to Nikonor? I would say this. I said that this before. He'll not going to be first, not going to be last. Hmm. If something doesn't, is, is, city doesn't do something, doesn't act, if something doesn't will change. be more. Will be more. I just speak, uh, spoke yesterday with a, a, a guy, Cliff, uh, his name, you know, and he said he wants to kill himself last summer when he, he lost the medallion. Wow. He's a Greek guy and a veteran. I am afraid more will do that. I fear that. You know, honestly, right now, me, yeah. I have nothing to lose. What am I going to lose? I lost a, more than a million dollars, you know, in, in value. You've lost more than a million dollars? Yeah. But I'm not going to kill myself. I'm going to fight until I'm going to die. I guess I just want to say one thing that I think I'm wrestling with, and I'm, uh -huh. I'm guessing the producers okay. are wrestling with too here. Okay. I don't want to speak for anybody else, but but I I take Ubers, and okay. and you're making me wonder. That's you as a as a passenger. You have the right to take whatever you want to take. But they should pay for the license like me. Hmm. You don't blame passengers? No, no, because, you know, you as a passenger, you are my bread and butter. You understand? I have to respect that. If you don't like me, you don't have to come on my cab. Mm -hmm. You know, but they should pay for the license like I do. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't get it for free. Mm -hmm. Nikolai, I, I want to thank you for <laughs> taking us on a, a really remarkable journey through your career and the city today, at least Manhattan. Uh, we're really grateful for your time. Well, thank you very much. Me too. And uh, what can I say? Uh, Card payment method selected. Good luck. Please enter the tip amount. Please insert, swipe, or tap card now. I think you have to sign. Did you sign? Uh, I don't know. Oh. Thank you. Payment has been processed. Would you like a receipt? Yes. Okay, wait over, wait like five, six seconds and press yes in the back. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Okay, I have to tell my text, I'm okay. <laughs>
I'm sorry, sorry to say, the last guy which committed his, you know, suicide, he was a, a best friend of mine. His financial uh, problem was less than mine. On Monday, weeks after Nikonor Okishor's death, Nikolai spoke at a hearing held by the New York City Council, urging the City Council to act. In 1990, everything I had, I paid for the uh, medallion. Now looks like I'm going to retire homeless. In a first step, the council weighed several bills that could change the rules for car service apps and limit the number of four hire cars throughout the city. We'll be right back. What's good for society can also be good for your bottom line. And with iShares Sustainable ETFs, you can do more to build a strong portfolio for the long term. iShares Sustainable ETFs seek to deliver long-term outcomes by providing access to quality companies that may be better positioned to manage sustainability risks. Get a new perspective on your portfolio with iShares Sustainable ETFs. Learn more at iShares.com sustainable. Here's what else you need to know today. On Tuesday, President Trump expressed fury over the disclosure of 49 questions that special counsel Robert Mueller wants to ask him in the Russia investigation. In a tweet, the president wrote, quote, so disgraceful that the questions concerning Russian witch hunt were leaked to the media. He added incorrectly, no questions on collusion. In fact, at least a dozen of Mueller's questions related to possible cooperation between the Trump campaign and Russia. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow. Every meal we eat has a history and a future. And on Next Bite, a new podcast from Chobani, we'll hear from changemakers in the food world, like Native American chef Sean Sherman. I want the next generation of kids to have better access out there, and I want to see a lot of education around why their indigenous ancestors' knowledge is so important when it comes to that connection of the world, the connection to the plants. Hear how Sean is revitalizing indigenous foods on Next Bite, wherever you get your podcasts.